Welcome to Founder Files, where we talk about what goes into building a nonprofit from the ground up. I'm your host, Jen, founder of Walking with Giants Foundation, here to share my stories and the stories of others on this incredible journey. So welcome to our first episode of Founder Files. We're really here to talk about what it takes to build a nonprofit from the ground up. There's so much information out there talking about how to really grow your nonprofit once you're in the swing of things. But what I really found personally difficult was finding enough information about what it takes to start a nonprofit from day one, asking yourself the right questions, what are the costs that really go into it, and how do you find help? So on our first podcast, we're going to be talking about the most vital question into starting a nonprofit. Should you start a nonprofit? So I know it's a loaded question to start off with, but it's also the one you're going to get the most. When you're starting up a nonprofit, the number one piece of feedback you're probably going to get is why? And is there somebody out there already doing what you're looking to do? Is your mission differentiated enough to be able to begin a nonprofit? And at the end of the day, do you have the time and money to put into what it's going to take to launch a nonprofit, much less run one for the first couple of years? At the end of the day, a nonprofit corporation still runs like a business. It is a corporation. So these are all valid questions. So let's start with time versus money. So the time aspect of it really breaks down to the kind of paperwork you're going to be working on, such as your incorporation paperwork, your 501c3 tax exemption paperwork, and building your board. What do your minutes look like? What do your articles of incorporation look like? On top of that, there are the costs of filing those papers, work that goes into fundraising, researching, building your board, and you're not getting paid through any of this. Which brings me to my next point, money. The money aspect of it is pretty big. The fees add up really quickly for a lot of the paperwork that you're going to be filling out. For example, my nonprofit, to file for 501c3, I needed $561 that I needed to raise on my own before I can even start asking others for a donation. To make a hard thing harder, if my nonprofit paperwork didn't go through, I was looking at paying $561 again just to file So you can see how those two factors weigh really heavily on whether or not you should start a nonprofit. Next is your mission. What are you doing differently that isn't already out there? Or is your time better suited actually benefiting a nonprofit that already exists that's working on the same things that you value? With only 50% of nonprofits actually sticking around, it's so important to understand whether or not this is a task that you can take on. Next up is evaluating your why. Why do the thing? Is it important enough to you, your mission that is, to get up early or stay up late after you've had a long day at work? Is it enough of a reason to get volunteers involved or get grants and funds towards your cause? It needs to be important enough to you to prioritize it. There are going to be days that you give up spending time with family or friends to get your mission moving. So your why has to be powerful enough to move you and others. So if I haven't totally deterred you yet and you're still feeling really gung-ho about starting your nonprofit, let's continue. 
If you're listening to this podcast, then you've already walked into it with a nonprofit name in mind, I'm sure. It's kind of the first thing we come up with usually. So you're going to want to make sure that one, your name is unique and you can do that by making sure that no one else is doing business as that name already. As a nonprofit, you're still a corporation. So you're going to want to check the business registry to make sure no one in your state or wherever it is you're planning on using that name is currently doing so. You may have to adjust your name by a few words like adding the at the beginning or nonprofit or foundation or even organization. And you're going to want to make sure nobody's already doing what you're looking to do with that name. If you need more help with this, I highly recommend checking out our links below. Also, in choosing your name, you're going to want to make sure that it's really clear what you're trying to do. If you're, for example, trying to help cats and dogs, you're not going to want to choose something like Matt's house. It's not going to be 100% clear what it is that you're trying to do. And it's going to make it really hard for donors to locate you and even for your branding. Speaking of branding, you're also going to want to check that the name is available on domains and on social media. That means you can go to websites like GoDaddy and type it in, see if you're able to purchase it. Does it give you an option? Are you looking for a .com or a .org? I highly recommend buying the packages where you get all of them if it is available so that you can reserve it once you've checked with your secretary of state to make sure that the name is available. And the same goes for social media handles. Things like Instagram and Facebook, Snapchat, if that's where you're going, or Twitter, you're going to want to make sure that those names are open and available. Even with a DBA, it can be a little bit hard to get access to those. Now, once you've settled on a name, please, please, please go ahead and trademark it. I know it's an added expense, but you can thank me later for it. And speaking of filing... You're going to need to start by raising the money for your paperwork. So that's going to be your incorporation paperwork that you're going to file with the state that you're in. And then it's going to be your 501c3 tax exemption paperwork. For my personal foundation, I'm looking at about six to $700 worth of fees just for those two papers. And make sure you do them right. If you don't and you have to refile, you're going to have to pay those fees all over again. So it may be worth looking at bringing on an attorney you can speak to, maybe on an hourly basis, just to review those items for you. And if you're wondering where to find that information, I highly encourage you to check out our blog. We're going to have links and a little bit more in-depth information that you can click through to find what you need to get started. When it comes to raising the funds for your startup costs, your first inclination is probably going to be to look at the circle around you, meaning your friends and your family. You may even want to start a Facebook fundraiser for you as an individual, asking people to help you start this dream. You may want to know ahead of time that you're not going to get the response that you're looking to get for the simple fact that people don't like to give away money. And if you have the money yourself to put into this nonprofit, then please call and donate to me. But seriously speaking, if you're looking to fund your startup costs, you'll want to look at a couple of different methods. Facebook is a great option, but so is Etsy if you're looking to sell something, if you can make something by hand, maybe even t-shirts. We'll talk about fundraising on another episode, but I highly recommend reaching out to maybe a handful of friends and doing a think tank on it. Maybe there's something in your community you can do to raise those funds. So for your articles of incorporation, which are going to be the first documents that you file, 
you're going to be looking at creating your bylaws and your minutes, as well as your first meeting with your board of directors. And I know that sounds like a lot, but it actually breaks down pretty easily. Your bylaws are going to be the rules that your corporation runs by, essentially. Your minutes with your first meeting of board of directors is going to be breaking those down so that everyone that you're working with knows what's going on. And you'll submit that for your articles of incorporation. If all of this sounds like gibberish, then don't worry, we've got you covered. There's some links on the blog that'll take you to some sites that really further explain what it means to create bylaws, what's supposed to be in them, and how to form a board. What are your articles of incorporation? There are things we'll talk about in podcasts later, but if you need it right now, that's where to go. If you're looking for a step-by-step -step guide to creating these, I highly recommend visiting your local library. I'm a huge fan of the NOLO books, for entrepreneurs, there is a nonprofit corporation guide that has been magnificently helpful, as well as the Four Dummies guide. There's no shame in reading a Four Dummies book. Next up would be your 501c3 application. So that's going to be a little bit of a longer process because you have to get more done in order to file. It's also going to be the most expensive of the investments that you're going to make in the paperwork for your nonprofit. It's also worth noting that not all charities are going to go under 501c3. There's also a 501c4, a 501c, and pretty much a 501c any number you can think of. So you're going to want to look at your different irs.gov docs available to see what legal firms are best suited for your nonprofit purposes. Most of the information that you're going to find online and in your libraries is going to be 501c3 focus just because it is the most common kind, but it is worth noting. Now, once you've completed all of the essential documents to get your nonprofit up and running, you're going to want to look at an annual informational return with your state. This is going to be due at different times for different charities, but it's essential that it's turned in on time. What this form is, is essentially telling the government how many contributions and grants you made or received, how many salaries were paid out, and how many volunteers you have in your organization. Because this is also detailed and it's going to be one of the first of many forms that you need to get sent out by a deadline, I highly recommend having an attorney on retainer, even if it's an hourly attorney or an hourly accountant, or my personal favorite is using an online platform like Swift Filings. And no, this is not an ad. So you can keep track of all these documents and when they're due. Also, the online programs tend to be a little bit less expensive, but you are taking on the responsibility. If it's not correct, you're probably going to have to pay it again. So that's it for our first episode of Founder Files. I hope you found some helpful information here. And if you like our show and want to know more, please drop your questions in the comments or leave us a review on iTunes. Join us next week when we talk about leadership. And if you'd like more details on what we talked about today, don't forget to check out our blog at walkingwithgiants.com. And since we're signing off, I'll leave you with some words of wisdom from the amazing Rachel Hollis. Nobody cares about your dreams as much as you do. So go get them.